All right, good morning. Glad to see all of you here uh, this morning. So uh, as you've kind of been uh, hearing already, we are uh, continuing in this series that we've started two weeks ago, uh, where we're looking at the wisdom that is found in this Old Testament book of the Bible called Proverbs. And, and the goal is pretty simple and straightforward. We simply want you to take that wisdom and put it to work in your life so that A, you will enjoy all of God's blessings, but B, by living a life of wisdom, you will honor God. And, and that's the ultimate goal for any and every one of us, right? That we should want to honor God with our lives. So we talked about how to foolproof your life. Last week, we talked about how to make your temper foolproof. Um, today, we're going to look at a third topic uh, that the Bible considers to be the most important part of your relationship in your life, and that's the family. And I say that because the Bible gives this very clear statement when it says that the family is foundational. So in other words, if you have a strong family, if you have strong family relationships, you're going to have a strong life. But to have that strong family and that strong life, you need to build it on the wisdom of God's word. Proverbs 24 says, by wisdom, a house is built and through understanding it is established. So either you can build your family relationships God's way, or you can build them the world's way. But if you haven't figured it out yet, the world's way doesn't work very well. The world's way doesn't work when it comes to making your life foolproof. The world's way doesn't work when it comes to making and controlling your temper and making that foolproof. And I can pretty much guarantee it's not going to work when it comes to building and developing your family. So the world's way is the wrong way. Thankfully, we have God's way. And God wants to bless your family relationships. He wants to bless your relationship with your parents. If you are married, he wants to bless your relationship with your spouse. If you have children, then he wants to bless your relationship with your kids. God wants to bless you and your family relationships. So for those of you sitting here, for those of you who are watching online right now, God wants to bless you and he wants to share with you wisdom from his word. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the wisdom of God's word and we're going to look at these different key areas of our relationships and how when we take that wisdom and put it to work in our lives, it can help make our family foolproof. All right, so let's jump right in. First, if you want to make your family foolproof, honor your parents respectfully. Doesn't matter how young or how old you are, you are to honor your parents respectfully. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, there are some 30 verses alone that talk about how to deal with your parents in wisdom. And all of them point back to the Ten Commandments, specifically the fourth commandment, which is honor your father and mother. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 6, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So this commandment comes with the promise that if you honor your parents respectfully, you're going to um, enjoy a better life, a quality of life, but also a, a longer quantity of life. Beyond that, though, God's word also shares wisdom in how we can honor our parents. For example, in Proverbs 23, it says, give your father and mother joy. May she who gave birth, gave you birth, be happy. So another way by which you can honor your parents respectfully is to give them joy. That's, that's a powerful way. And there are different ways by which you can give them joy. Certainly, right? You can do it 
by your actions, by the way that you live as an adult or as a child, by listening to them, obeying them, staying in touch with them over the years, serving them in whatever way you can, every chance you get, resolving any conflicts or disagreements, kind of like Laura said just a moment ago in the object lesson, right? You want to do that through your actions. You can honor your parents respectfully. In Proverbs 19, it shares some actions that you should not do with your parents. Listen to this. Children who mistreat their father or chase away their mother are an embarrassment and a public disgrace. So obviously, you don't want to abuse your parents or, or, or ignore them or take advantage of them or cause them grief or worry. Right? You don't want to do that if you're going to honor your parents respectfully. But there's more. In Proverbs 20, it talks about what what else you shouldn't do with your parents if you're going to honor them respectfully. If you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. Again, strong words, right? But this is another, it gives us another insight on how we can honor our parents and give them joy. And that, of course, is with your words. So you don't want to use your words to mock or insult your parents. You don't want to use your words to, um, you know, verbally, in, uh, you know, embarrass them or, or put them down. And, and I realize, I realize, I understand that not all of you had the best of parents. And some of you sitting here right now, you may have, you know, they may not even be a part of your life right now. Okay? But even then, you want to watch what you say with your words, not only for your own sake, but for the sake of your children who are listening to you and watching you. So if you're going to honor your parents respectfully, do it with your words. And even if you didn't have the best parents, you can still choose with your words to admire some qualities, the good qualities of your parents. And even if they're, you know, have passed away, you can still use your words in a way that doesn't speak negatively about them. A third way though, by which you can honor your parents respectfully, of course, is by offering them grace. Uh, Your parents make mistakes. They make bad decisions, just like you do, just like I do. We all do. And sometimes those mistakes and bad decisions hurt. They hurt you, and I get that. And yet, if we're going to honor our parents respectfully, we need to cut them some slack and offer them some grace. Colossians 3 says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now understand what that verse is not saying. It is not saying that you have to approve of what your parents may or may not have done for you in your life. It's not saying that. It's simply saying that just as God extends grace to you again and again for all of your mistakes and your failures, be willing to offer that same grace to your parents when they make a mistake or a bad decision. If you want to make your family foolproof, honor your parents respectfully, right? Through your actions, your words, by offering them grace. Second, you also can make your family foolproof when you love your spouse wholeheartedly. Now, obviously, this is for those of you who are married, but this is also for those of you here who hope to be married someday, right? Now, I'm going to talk to the guys for a moment uh, because there are at least 22 verses in the book of Proverbs that speak directly to the topic of marriage, and they speak more often than not to the men and not to the woman. And, and maybe that's because as guys, we get things wrong, right? We mess things up. We need guidance and wisdom. And as a guy, I can say, yep, that's true. But I think there's another reason, and it's because I think the Bible puts a lot of weight on the man 
to help make the family foolproof. Now, I'm not saying that the woman has, is less important. I'm not saying that. But I do believe that the Bible is very clear in saying that if the man gets it right with his family, boom, it's a game changer. Right? I mean, if the man is present in his family, if the man loves Jesus, if the man loves his spouse, if the man is able to lead his family in growing spiritually and developing and bringing them to church, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And I, unfortunately, there are a lot of guys who leave the spiritual development part to the wife, to the mom. And guys, you know, don't do that. Man up. <laughs> you know, don't do that. As a father, you are to take equal responsibility with your wife, the mother of your children, in developing those children and in, in helping them grow. But again, we're talking about marriage. So set that off to the side, off my soapbox. There are plenty of passages in the book of Proverbs and wisdom on how to love your spouse wholeheartedly. And one of those bits of wisdom would be to treasure your spouse, right? And this is, of course, to husbands and wives. You should treasure your spouse as the blessing that they are to you from God. Again, though, I'm going to speak to the guys here because, guys, when you were dating your spouse, when you first dating your spouse, you were probably very romantic and thoughtful and considerate and kind, and that's great. That's the way it should be. You should treasure that person. In Proverbs 31, it says, a wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. So as your spouse, she is going to be this incredible treasure. And many guys do treasure. Again, they're romantic, they're thoughtful, they're considerate. And then they get married and they go from I do to kind of like this mentality of, well, now I'm done. And then they're not as romantic, right? They're not as, they don't work as hard. And instead of cologne and roses, it's, you know, sweatpants and leftovers. I don't know, but it's not, that's not how it should be, guys, right? That's, and there's a lot of guys, yeah, well, yeah, so. So it's not how it's supposed to be, right? You want to treat your spouse as the blessing that they are from God to you and the unique gifts that each of you bring into that marriage relationship. That said, I understand that you still want to fan the flames of romance. Okay, so here's a second bit of wisdom from God's word. Keep dating your spouse. Whether you've been married five years or 45 years, keep dating your spouse. Because that romance thing is not going to happen on its own. So sit down together and plan something out that's going to be fun and enjoyable where you can get away from the busyness of life and where you can unplug and, and you know, and, and maybe you make it, make a, a planted something this week and make it part of your regular routine. But just understand, when you um, experience the affection and the intimacy of that night together, the tendency is for that to flow out into the rest of the week as you treat, in the way that you treat one another. So that's pretty cool. Proverbs 18, 22 says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Date your spouse. It'll bless your marriage. It'll bless the two of you. One last thing. If you want to make your family foolproof, then absolutely be faithful to your spouse. The two biggest temptations listed in the book of Proverbs, which was written thousands of years ago, guess what? Still two biggest temptations that you and I face today. It's greed and it's sex. And oh yeah. And sex, when it comes to sex, the danger is getting caught up in lust for someone who isn't your spouse and then making a mistake that could in turn destroy your marriage, destroy your family, destroy your reputation, destroy your career, destroy you. Don't want to do that. 
So again, wisdom from God's word in the book of Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 5, drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Be faithful. And I know we try, but Satan hates you and he hates your marriage, especially if it's working. So he's going to do all that he can to tempt you. Thankfully, we have the wisdom of God's word to help us. So what would God's word tell us? Well, first of all, it would say run from temptation. Don't allow yourself ever to be put into a situation that might put your marriage at risk. Run from it. James 4 verse 7 says, resist the devil. You are not stronger than him. So run from him. That said, while you're doing that, walk with Jesus. Jesus is the glue that's going to hold the two of you together in a world that's trying to pull you apart. So keep that that walk with Jesus healthy and strong. And how do you do that? By worshiping together? Yeah, by worshiping, by praying together, by reading the Bible together, doing devotions together so you can let that wisdom of God's word flow and guide and direct your marriage. I mean, the goal is to to grow closer to Jesus so that he in turn can help the two of you grow closer to each other. But there's one third thing that I want to share with you and I need to share with you. And that's for those of you whose marriage has ended. Whether it's through a loss or divorce or whatever, this last bit of advice or wisdom from God's word is, is pretty powerful. And it's this, focus on what's left, not on what is lost. You know, you're... God isn't finished with you yet. He still has plans for your life. I know you might feel like your life is over right now. And you're like, oh, this is nothing's going to be good. You're still alive. He still loves you. God still cares about you. He's forgiven you. He, he, he has heaven as your home. It's still there. And he still has plans for you. In Proverbs 19, it says, many other plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So don't focus on what was lost. Focus on what's ahead. Focus on what's, what's left and the plans that God has still in mind for you. Now, that said, I understand that this can be very traumatic when your marriage ends. So if you're looking for some help and you're struggling with that hurt, there is a support group here called Life Hurts. God heals. Call the church. Ask them how to connect with uh, Pastor Dave Tim, and, and they will do that. But focus Not on what's lost, but focus on what's left. All right, enough of that. Third area, if you want to make your family foolproof, and for all of you parents sitting here today, nurture your children wisely, right? And there are at least 40 verses in the book of Proverbs that address this. Uh, You want to train your children wisely. So what does the wisdom of God's word say? Well, first of all, it says, of course, you should train them spiritually. And this is key. It's key for them to understand and know and believe that they have God's grace, that they are forgiven of their sin, that heaven is their home. Your children need to know that, that Jesus is their savior. Um, They need to know that it is by God's power that they can be kind and loving and have a servant's heart and generous and all of those things. Proverbs 22 says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. So teach your children the guidance that is found in God's word. Because if you don't, they'll get guidance someplace else, right? Social media and their friends, you name it. 
You've got to be proactive. Be intentional about reading Bible stories to them. Be intentional about praying with them and teaching them how to pray. Be intentional about bringing them here and then bringing them to Redeemer kids. And as they get older, to confirmation and to youth activities where God's word can be reinforced. And understand something, parents. Even if your children are fully grown and they've got children of their own, you still have the ability to share wisdom. And I would encourage you to share the wisdom of God's word and and, uh, some spiritual guidance and offer spiritual guidance to them at that time as well. You are never too old as a parent to offer spiritual guidance. All right. Along with training them spiritually, you also want to train them through discipline. The Bible is very clear about this. Obviously, you want to be gracious and loving and consistent in your discipline. But the Bible does give wisdom on discipline. First of all, it says you should discipline calmly. Never discipline if you are angry or frustrated or things have gotten out of control. Never do that. Remember last week, for those of you who are here, Proverbs 29, 11 says a fool gives full vent to his anger. Do it calmly. Second, discipline quickly. Don't put it off and say, you wait till your father gets home. You know, do it right then and there while it's still fresh in their minds and and they can understand where they went off the rails. Proverbs 13 says, whoever spares the rod hates their child, hates their children. So don't put it off. Don't delay discipline. And then third, discipline sparingly. This is just from Pastor Zardi. This isn't in the Bible, so you're going to have to take this for a grain of salt. But I honestly believe that discipline is a whole lot more effective if you don't have to do it all the time. So, you know, if your child or your toddler, for example, is always touching and knocking breakable things over, move the breakable things, right? Don't discipline your kid for being a kid. All right. Well, one final way by which you can nurture your children wisely is, of course, to train them through your own example. Be a role model for them. Don't just tell them what to do. Show them what to do. Lead with a life of integrity. Lead by example. It is so important. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. Trained by your example. All right, one last way. If you want to make sure that your family is foolproof, not only do you want to respect your parents, uh, honor your parents respectfully, and love your spouse wholeheartedly and nurture your children wisely, but fourth, you also want to celebrate your family. Oops, that's not the right one. There it is. Celebrate your family joyfully. Celebrate them joyfully. And I know that um, some of you are here with your family right now. Some of you are, are, are alone because your family's far away. And I know that families are far from perfect, but celebrate them. They are God's blessing to you. They are his blessing to you. Again, they're far from perfect, but he wants you to celebrate them and bless you through them. So how do you do that? Well, a couple of ways. First, you can lift them up in prayer. Pray for them. Pray that God would bless your parents. Pray that God would bless your spouse and your children. Pray for that they would know Jesus is their savior. Pray that they would understand and be able to live in the confidence that that heaven is going to be their their home someday forever. Pray that they would connect with the church where they can use their spiritual gifts and and, um, bless others. And they can take that wisdom and put it into practice in their own lives. Pray for them. Pray for them. Proverbs... um, Oops, not that. Proverbs 23 says, The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. A family that is godly, who who follows the wisdom of God's word, is worth celebrating. 
but you got to pray for them, okay? The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. Pray for them, ask. And then the second thing, and this is kind of what Laura mentioned again extend, uh, to, in her object lesson, extend to them forgiveness. Ma- families get messy, right? And I know there are times when you might feel like saying, but I can't accept what that person did to me. And you know what? That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't accepting. It's not approving what happened to you that may have been very cruel and wrong. Forgiveness is releasing, right? Forgiveness is letting go. Forgiveness is saying, God, I'm going to put this in your lap and I'm releasing my desire to get back at them. That's forgiveness. And it can happen when you have the love and the, and the power of Jesus in your heart. In Ephesians 4, uh, Laura read this verse, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Just as God has forgiven you by his grace through faith in Christ, be just as willing to forgive your family. Jesus died on the cross to pay for everybody's mistakes and failures. He earned forgiveness for everybody's uh, sins and wrongs. So just as God has forgiven you, fully, and he gives you full and immediate forgiveness because of what Jesus did. Be just as willing to forgive your family members, your parents, your spouse, your kids, whatever. And I say that because what matters isn't so much what happened in the past is what you choose to do from here on out, right? That's what really makes a difference. It's what you choose to do starting today. And in Joshua 24, we see these words that are very powerful. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. My challenge is that you would serve the Lord. That you would take this wisdom that I've shared with you that's right out of the Bible, right out of God's word, and put it to work so that your family would be foolproof. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways. Okay, first of all, let me challenge you, if you haven't yet, to start reading the book of Proverbs, one chapter a day. There's 31 chapters, one chapter a day for 31 days. But between now and next week, first connect with God and memorize Proverbs 24, verse 3, which says, by wisdom, by wisdom, a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. Put that to work in your life. Second, use God's word to build strong family relationships. Right? Use that wisdom to, to you know, honor your parents, love your spouse, nurture your kids, celebrate your family. And then third, follow God's lead and forgive as he has forgiven you. Just as God has forgiven you in Jesus, be just as willing to forgive your family so that you can enjoy and celebrate them as this incredible blessing that God has desired, that God desires for them to be in your life. All right, well, let's pray about that, right? Let's pray. Let's ask for God's blessing upon us. Father, you have so richly blessed us through our family, but we ask that you would forgive the times when we have dropped the ball, when we've failed to honor our parents or loved our spouses or weren't spiritual leaders for our kids like we should have. Forgive us, Lord, and then restore us by your grace so that following that wisdom that we've learned today, found in your word, which is right at our fingertips, we can take the steps necessary to make our families foolproof. Thank you for guiding us today, Lord. Thank you for this series. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' great name. And all God's people said, amen.